Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to the build-up here on Balls.ie, our weekly look ahead to all of the biggest sporting um, action of the weekend. And it is rugby this weekend. It's Super Saturday in the Six Nations. So delighted to be joined, as always, by Stephen Ferris, our regular analyst and Labrooks ambassador. Stephen, um, look, I had lots to talk to you about anyway, to be honest. Today, I was thinking about it yesterday. Now we're going to talk and talk about, you know, how much do we look back, how much do we look forward. There's a lot of rugby to talk about. And then CJ Sander goes and retires this morning and throws it all out of kilter. Um, like, what's your immediate reaction to this? Because I, 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 I've rarely been as surprised by an announcement in sport in any way, to be honest. Yeah. Um, first of all, if anybody's watching this and they want to message in, if you have any tips for Cheltenham, could you please let me know? Things haven't went, went to plan uh, so far, so uh, make sure to throw those in. But, yeah, <laughs> and was, don't listen to me, whatever you do. I won't try. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was down in uh, Belfast this morning, and I was doing a couple of things, and my wife messaged me to send CJ Stander retiring? Question mark. So, I got the exact same message, I think, with the exact same words from my wife yeah. as well. <laughs> so straight away, uh, where does everybody go to get their information these days? Straight on the Twitter. And of course, you know, it had um, his more his statement, which was over two or three pages, mm. um, you know, quite quite sincere and, um, you know, pulled on, a, I'm sure, a lot of Munster and Ireland heartstrings as well, because he, uh, you know, he's given a lot to the Irish jersey over the last number of years, 50 caps last weekend. Um, and I was... It was a shock to me, like it really was a shock. But then the more you digest it, Mick, and the more you think about it, and the more you think about the words that he used in a statement about going out at the top um, and not kind of like, uh, you know, pe- people talking about you in the wrong way and, you know, the jersey should be somebody else's. And he talked about the younger guys coming through. Um, and, you know, f- fair play to him. I think families is number one priority. Um, he spent a lot of time away from home. He probably would spend an awful lot more time away from home over the next couple of years, especially the way things are with COVID-19. Um, I believe uh, reading a thing earlier on with Johnny Sexton, his, his wife and uh, young kid are back in South Africa at the minute. Um, that might be wrong, but I think I think I'm right in saying that. And yeah, he, he wants to go back there. And uh, yeah, fair, fair play to him. And just, you know, congratulations. I know he's a few more games left in him. A couple of big games, Mick, obviously, this weekend being one of them, but a Pro 14 final as well. Um, and, you know, possibly, I'm not sure what way the contract will work out, uh, you know, a, a potential land spot, maybe. I'm not yeah. sure if he wants to head after that. But, yeah, congratulations to him on, on, a, on a marvellous career. And he's given his heart and soul to Irish rugby over the last number of years. And um, I think everybody wishes him, wishes him well. I know everybody, Mick, has their own opinions on foreign players coming in. And, you know... Uh, you know the the residency rules and everything else, which have been changing. Uh, but I think no one can say that TJ Standard didn't give us all when he uh, when he wore the red of Monster of the Green for Ireland, and of course the red for the British and Irish land. So you know, fair play to him, and um, he's gone out at the top, and hopefully we'll see him have a, a good few games left. Yeah, that's it. He certainly is a contender for the Lions. I've seen Peter Matt and he was asked about that in the press conference today. And look, I'm sure he'd want to play against South Africa uh, before he finishes up as well. What a way to finish that would be. But um, just on the project player thing, that's a, it, it's an interesting point that you make because in many ways he was the perfect project player, wasn't he? Because he 
bought into everything in in this in a, in a really uh, clear and obvious way. Like, I mean, even even singing the national anthem at the you know in his first international, but the way he always talked about the Munster way and everything like that. It was like from day one, he's like, I'm giving this a hundred percent. I'm going to be you know of this province of this country while I'm here, but never kind of shied away from the fact that he was going to go back to South Africa. Never pretended he wasn't South African or anything like that. You know, you can go too far on that, and you just think that's bullshit, or you can. You know, you could maybe be very elusive of it altogether, and you think this is just a guy who's here for the. This is a professional rugby player wants to play international rugby. I thought Stander really authentically, and I, I, you know, there's always that question as to whether it is authentic. But from my point of view, authentically, really bought into what should be the perfect kind of um, in between in that regard. You know, and I think that came across, and I do think it's one of the reasons, not just his rugby, why he is such a really popular figure in all four provinces, really, not just in Munster. Yeah, and um, again, a quote from Andy Farrell just before his, his first cap or his 50th cap last weekend. He was saying, you know, how good a person he is. Um, he's so much time for him. And uh, yeah, like, it, I think I have a lot of respect for CJ Standard. Now, Mick, it's a completely different ball game. You take somebody for their word um, of the return and everything else. But like, if he retires and ends up playing in Japan next season, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of Munster fans and Irish fans, in general, uh, rugby fans wouldn't be too happy. But I don't think that's the case. I think, you know, his heartfelt, um, sincere, um, honest uh, statement that he put out uh, today kind of sums everything up. That he he's ready. He certainly feels that he's ready. His family's certainly ready. To, to hang up the boots and um, personally I feel it's a couple of years too early mm. I think he still has a bit more to give maybe that's not in an Irish jersey uh, in the future but you know certainly in a monster jersey I feel that you know he could be winning uh, man of match awards week in week out you know playing in the Pro 14 so yeah he'll be a big mess but then you have other guys like Gavin Coombs coming through you know you yeah. have Jack Conan there you have Keelan Doris you have Max Deegan when he gets back fit uh, also um, with Leinster um, and there's an, uh, there's another couple of guys coming through as well. So, uh, like, he's leaving. He's going to leave at a good time where the back row is in a healthy place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I do, I do think Irish club rugby in the back row will look a lot different next year with uh, Cotsia leaving Munster and Sander leaving, um, leaving Munster, or oh, the way around, obviously. Uh, but as a rugby player, Stevie, tell us about him because... I think there is there is that sort of running over lads, battering ram element that kind of gets the crowd going, I think, in a way, and another reason why he's so popular. But you played in his position. I don't know if you maybe played against them once or twice, Ulster versus Munster, but not maybe not. But, um, you know... As someone that knows the position, I was talking this morning about how sometimes it can, it, it, you know, people can be wondering what it is about somebody getting three yards on a non-broken tackle that can be so inspirational. But you know, he was that guy who could always get over that game line, and that's it, it sets up so much for the next phase and for like go forward attacking rugby. It's it's really really crucial to have a guy like that in any team, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, possibly one of the criticisms, and we'll start on 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 a tiny negative is that I feel that it you know CJ has has maybe been I'm not sure if it's his enthusiasm to get back in the line and his enthusiasm to push other people out of the way and carry the ball 20 times in each every single game that he plays but that almost comes across like it's slightly greedy in in terms of uh you know those close contacts he scores a hell of a lot of try but then he's backing himself 
you know, that's the flip side of it. He's taken on the personal responsibility to, to get those couple of yards, to score those tries from a, a couple of yards out. But I think there could be more of a shared responsibility in the overall uh, ball carrying. You know, we, we see CJ Sander just carry the ball one out all the time, you know, off nine, bang, trucking it up, off nine, bang, trucking it up. And uh, you don't really see him in the wider channels. And, you know, watching a clip earlier on, I think it was uh, on, on, on Twitter, and, you know, it's his first game for, for Munster against Glasgow where he sidestepped two players, ran 60 yards, out sprinted the scrum half. who was no slouch. Um, and you just don't see that. You know, we haven't seen that in ages. Like, you know, CJ making yeah, a, a, a huge bust. Um, and, and a huge bust, not just from a half break and, a, and an offload. I mean, from CJ sidestepping one, sidestepping somebody, fending somebody off, you know, ball transferring, using his footwork to get out of trouble. Um, it, it's more those two, three yards. And, uh, like, don't get me wrong, they are vitally important at times. Um, yeah. And, you know, that, that will be missed with, with Munster in Ireland going forward. But at the same time, guys like Doris, Deegan, um, Coombs with, with Munster, they seem to be able to, to find those those gaps in between defenders just a little bit easier. Um, but, yeah, it's, he's uh, like, there's no doubt about it. How durable is he, Mick? Like, he mm. is unbelievable made out of concrete like he just keeps going and going and going there was a period there six months ago almost leading into the world cup as well how strong he was over the ball getting into the uh into the jackal position we haven't seen as much of that of as much of that of late so um yeah he's a tremendous rugby player brilliant rugby player takes on lots of personal responsibility um and i think he's a good He's a good man to have in your side. You would rather have him in your team than play against him because you'd be doing a hell of a lot of bloody tackling. <laughs> sure, yeah. So 50 caps like he only made his debut five years ago in the Six Nations, almost exactly five years ago in February. So just shows you, if you think about that as, as um, you know, 10 caps a year, it just shows you when he's been fit, which has been most of the time he's been on everybody's team, be that Joe Schmitz or Andy Farrell. So, um, yeah, look, an, an unbelievable career. It's, it seems, as you said, maybe it's a year or two too soon, just from a purely rugby point of view, um, to say goodbye to him. But, um, like, definitely, yeah, again, I just want... What do you think on the project, the players? Um, it does seem like the five years thing will make a big difference in terms of where we go with this project player era, I suppose, you know, and you kind of think now when the 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 current crop that are there internationally might be the last of the, you know, at least 40, 50 cappers, you know, because obviously the players will be too old. Maybe there won't be as many coming over. Standard stands well above the rest, at least in terms of, I think, public opinion at the moment. Would you go along with that in terms of rugby? Yeah, definitely. I think, Mick, with the, the five-year residency rule, like professional rugby is ever changing. Like every month, every couple of months, it's just it's always changing, and and things are going faster and faster. They're much higher pace in professional rugby than it did ten years ago, fifteen years ago when I was playing. Um, and I think there's not going to be too many lads who want to come over and have to earn their stripes for five years before they can put up pull on an international jersey. So I almost think that it'll be disbanded. Like where you know the the, the project player almost you know go out the window um yeah i can't really see a benefit of it there's so many guys coming through the academy system and you know have played their 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 school rugby and whatever province it may be dedicated their their heart and soul to, to trying to make it uh for their province and uh you know further on for their country so yeah i'm just not sure i think a project player if 
if there's somebody that needs to come in and fill a hole for a season, then, you know, absolutely. But I'm not too sure they're going to get many lads, Mick, that are going to, you know, play for their pro- province for five years before getting selected to, to play for their country. And th- unless they're a 17, 18-year-old mm. wonder kid who, you know, has been uh, scouted from such a young age, then, then possibly. But, yeah, I'm not sure what the future will look like for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so CJ Sander probably does stand above, um, at least in the current generation. We'll see what happens after. There's lots of more to talk about, Stevie, but like CJ obviously took up most of our time. But I was thinking about the Ireland-Scotland game, even again this morning, and just thinking that we did. there's so much negative about a, a rugby team that goes 14 points up in the second half is absolutely dominating in the pack, dominating in the set piece, especially the line-out, and lets the team back into it. And you're thinking... Jesus, like a really good team wouldn't do this. But then, in fairness, like the last five minutes and how we closed out the game and went and won the kickoff, got the block, got the turnover, Henderson with the turnover and with, from Baird's block and Sexton nailing that kick and then how they closed out the game, even though they probably kicked it away a little bit too much for most people's liking, but wanted to play it far away from the game. Did it in a really professional way and went and got the job done. And that is a positive. So it's kind of because they won the game in the end, it does have to be looked at two ways, but... That worry is definitely still there, isn't it? There is a slight worry there, but you got to remember, Mick. Like Scotland were chasing the game. You know, Ireland yeah. were always always in control when it you know went to twenty four each. For me, there was only going to be one winner that come out of it. I'm not saying that. Well, no, I am. Like Scotland are the team that never seem to be able to get the job done. Yeah, like, you know that they are that team. Yeah, that, could you say that they choke? Possibly a little. I'm not going to go back and use Eddie O'Sullivan's words that you know from the Autumn Nations Cup. But there's an element of what he said that has got got some, uh, in my opinion, some truth to it because you know, Scotland played some brilliant rugby at times. We witnessed in the first game um, against England what they're capable of. Lots of purple patches. Um, but when it gets tight and when it gets into that arm wrestle, they, they make mistakes. You know, key players, Ali Price had a shocker, like, um, you know, the way he was trying to control the game. Um, and, yeah, the They'll be bitterly disappointed, and I'm sure they're going into the changing room and talking to themselves, going, "How does this keep happening with Ireland? Like, you know, what's yeah. it? Two wins from seventeen across all the competitions for Ireland. Um, Ireland have won what nine out of the last ten or eleven, whatever it is now. So, like, there has to be a mentality shift with Scotland, but I think with Ireland, um, they were always in control. Well, for the most part, in control of the game." Um, yes, they kicked the ball a hell of a lot more, but when you're when you've got a 14 point lead or a 10 point lead at the time, whatever it was, and it's international rugby, you, you're going to play field position. You've got yourself in a great in a great area, a great position. Everybody's feeling good, um, and yeah, that, that's the way I kind of feel about it. And, and Scotland and, uh, and Ireland, it was a, it was a half decent game. It wasn't anything like the the England no. France game, in my opinion. But at the same time, Ireland just know how to get the job done, and specifically when it comes up against Scotland. And then, of course, that breathes a little bit of confidence. And, and certainly the match before, uh, the, the week before with, with Italy, give them a, a bit more confidence. And I, I, sort, I sort of feel that there's combinations starting to happen, especially yeah. in the second rows and, and the back row with, uh, uh, you know, Will Connors was just unbelievable. I've watched the game back a mm. couple of times. Um, and you know, I was watching the game, thinking, "See, Scotland are actually playing a wee bit better than us here." And then when you actually go through the game again, I'm, I'm not sure that they did. Um, I'm not sure that Scotland did play better. I think Ireland ground them down, 
And Will Connors just wrote a few things down, you know, a couple of moments in the game where, where him and, uh, you know, Watson came head to head. And Watson yeah. actually took a short line. And Will Connors is very good at almost blindsiding the opposition um, in, in defence. And he absolutely, you know, chopped him in two. He didn't hit him around the ankles. He hit him, you know, waist high and absolutely buckled him. And that was on about 23 and a half minutes. And, you know, Watson was getting himself into the game. And other players like, you know, Tag Byrne was brilliant. Great to see Tag Furlong, you know, with, with, uh, you know, <laughs> with the dancing feet <laughs> and the sidestepping. But as, as units, you know, the forward units seem to be functioning brilliantly. The back mm. row were working hard for each other. Um, and, you know, who knows what, what this weekend's going to throw up. But, you know, lots to talk about. And, you know, fair play to Ireland for getting that job done. That's it, and I suppose it's still alive now as we go into next week anyway, as in, like, I mean, not to win a title, obviously, but to have a successful Six Nations, which I think if they do beat England, it would be. But, you know, on the England question, I mean, that game, I think people were just, the breath, especially the first half, was just taken away by how, how fantastic it was as entertainment and just seemed high-quality rugby as well. And it was something we've been talking about even in, in, in well, in our fake office, I suppose I was going to say in the office, uh, we were talking about to each other uh, over the last couple of days is how good the Six Nations has actually been. If you take out the Italy games, unfortunately, we've talked about that before, um, all the games have been competitive. They've been interesting. They've been good to watch in a way. Even, like, I mean, Scotland-England was so brilliant to watch and it was 11-6. It wasn't all about, you know, wide, uh, you know, attacking rugby or anything like that and wingers getting tries, but it was really entertaining. And when you consider the conversations we were having heading into the tournament and talking about especially the, the dross that was the Autumn Nations Cup in November, it is actually... It does seem like we found um, the natural evolution of everything that was happening over the last couple of years has turned into a pretty entertaining game over over for the most part, and I think parity among those five teams definitely helps in that regard as well. Definitely, Mick. It's well, what a great spectacle we've all been entertained with over the last number of weeks, and I think the matches have been so close. You know, you take out the the Italy games and you take out that England Welsh game. Mm. Um, you know, all the rest of the games have been within a score, and you know it makes for great viewing, doesn't it? Really tight, edgy games. Um, both teams you generally playing uh, a great brand of rugby. I think the wingers, when you look at you know Reece Samet, how good he's been for Wales. Josh Adams for Wales. You know Anthony Watson at the weekend. Yeah. Um, you know watching the the, the skills of the French. Vakatawa in the centre and Jalibert controlling things at out half. You know just the ball transfers. Uh, we're, we're sublime. Teddy Thomas has been, you know, unreal. Um, and with Ireland, we know that James Lowe has been superb in attack most of the time and a little bit vulnerable in defence. But again, Keith Earls was electric uh, at the weekend, was just as good in attack as he was in defence. Um, and, you know, for me, close to a man of mass performance. So when you're talking about wingers an awful lot, you generally think, you know, that the game's in a good place. And we certainly weren't doing that in the Autumn Nations Cup, were we? we all we were doing was talking about the kick tennis. So mm. going forward, um, hopefully we see a lot more of this uh, heading towards the 2023 Rugby World Cup. Um, and it's going to be a super exciting 18 months ahead. And hopefully the Lions Tour in the not-too-distant future goes ahead, whether it's, um, you know... Here or there. Here or there, yeah. or it's, it's, you know, an extra month. Uh, before we get it done and dusted, who knows? But um, I think we're in a good place at the minute, and it's all teed up for for another big weekend um, this weekend. Absolutely, yeah. And look, I mean, taking you'd imagine Scotland would beat Italy, and the other two games both have you know something to play for. You look at England, France last week, and such a good game as we mentioned. Uh, England. 
though, in terms of their prospects coming to Dublin, you know, really impressed with them. It was almost like every, all the headlines of that game, if you're watching it, were about how good France were. But the story is almost how England were able to stay with them. And then I thought there was a there was a metaphor in Maro Atoji being the one who pulled them over the line, whether he did or he didn't is another question. But because I felt like he pulled them over the line as a one-man band almost for the last 10 minutes of the game. And you're thinking, right, there's one, you've got your Lions captaincy back if you ever lost it. And two, shit, those Saracens lads now look like they're match fit and England look like they've got something again and they've found that whatever it was that they were missing in the start of the, the start of the tournament. Well, what they were missing was their big players playing well. Yeah. Like yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what they were missing. They left out Jimmy George and you know Luke Crown Dickey played and he was pretty he was pretty solid also. Um you know other players there are really standing up to stepping up to the mark. The thing about England is as soon as the press kind of get on top of them and their backs are against the wall and Mara Toji's been you know, his discipline's horrendous. He gives away 20 penalties a game and only gets penalised for five of them and blah, blah, blah. And, like, Mario Toji stood up to that and he answered a lot of that criticism and um, he was brilliant in everything that he'd done. And I certainly feel that, that England are going to be a tough nut to crack going forward if they can keep that level of intensity, but also accuracy and also discipline. And, you know, the, the, we all know that they're a, a squad, not just a team, a squad, of seriously physical athletes that can churn it out week in, week out. Now, they're missing a few players as well. Courtney Laws, Sam Underhill, um, you know, Launsbury, who's, who's not about now. But uh, there's other guys to add to that. Who knows if Joe Marler will come back into the picture potentially for the Lions because he is probably one of the best loose-head scrummagers around. So there's loads of guys there that can step in and, and fill the shoes of other players. But, yeah, England's going to be a real tough game for us this weekend. However, I still fancy us to win it. Right, okay, go. Why, why is that, do you think? Because uh, I, I I was actually wondering how we could do it, but it's uh, interesting that you'd pick Ireland straight away. I think Ireland will, you know, will sort of get a few of those demons back again in the, in the England, English minds. Um, you know, they might get them to kick the ball a lot more uh, by them kicking the ball more. So, yeah, I'm not sure that they're going to be like the French team that's going to go around no. and, and, and try and make things... Uh, pull a rabbit out of a hat and execute unbelievable plays uh, with every single bit of skill being so accurate. Um, Ireland are susceptible to a few mistakes, but you know so are England. They've shown that over the last number of weeks. So, yeah, I just feel with Johnny Sexton, the way he's played in the last two games, completing 80 minutes, um, I know James Ryan's going to be missing and Gary Ringrose is going to be missing. However, I feel that centre partnership with Ringrose and Henshaw, it hasn't, it hasn't clicked. There's no. something just... Um, not working. Um, you know, Robbie Henshaw has been brilliant, being direct, uh, giving Ireland good front football. But, but there needs to be a little bit more spark or magic at 13 and uh, to, to get the wingers back into play a bit more. So for me, yeah, that 13 position, it will be interesting to see who they go with. James Ryan, I'd be tempted just to put Baird straight in there. I think he has the, the, the credentials to be able to mix it at an international level. Um, uh, and and maybe have experience like Peter O'Mahony on the bench to come mm. on if it's, if it's a tight game with, with half an hour to go. So, yeah, there's a few options there, but I just feel that Ireland are, are building more, um, and England have had one really good performance over the last number of weeks where, where Ireland seemed to be progressing week on week, which is yeah. which for me is is maybe going to get them over the line. And, of course, the bookies, what's the odds? It's so, so tight. Two points. Yeah, two points, yeah, for England minus two. 
I wouldn't be betting against it, you know, being more than a four or five point game. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a, that's interesting. I suppose Ireland do have a good record again at the end of the Six Nations against England 2017. We spoiled their Grand Slam, the Peter O'Matney match when he was uh, brought in the last minute and uh, in 2018, obviously won the Grand Slam in Twickenham. But since that 2018 match, though, if you think about it, it was the Robbie Henshaw fullback um, game at the Aviva where we were like, oh God, here we go after our brilliant 2018. And then there was the World Cup warm-up disaster, which, you know, you can take or leave. Then there was the Six Nations last year and the Autumn Nations Cup was four games where we haven't come within an ass's roar of them and they did just seem to have Ireland's number. Uh, but again, it does seem as though this, for good or bad or for different, whatever it is, this is a different Ireland team than we saw in 2020. And, yeah. you know, they're playing very different rugby, aren't they? They are indeed. I think it's the strength and depth, tight head, obviously tight for a long who come back into the fold and has been superb. Ian Henderson was yeah. he, he was a beast at the weekend, getting his match fitness uh, throughout the tournament, uh, and he's been brilliant. You know, you've Porter on the bench, you've Kilcoyne on the bench, the back row, Burn is absolutely flying. CJ's doing what he always does, and Will Connors for me has been the surprise, not just of the Ireland team, but the, the surprise of the whole competition. Like he was so good, Mick, at the weekend. He was brilliant. He was mm. he was unbelievable. And He's, for me, he's an outside chance of going on the Lions. I, I really do believe that. Um, he's got a, all about him. He's a bigger fella as well than, than I thought he was, or, or maybe he's just hitting the gym. <laughs> 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 or beating it out. But, yeah, he's, he's a big enough fella. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think he, he offers something. He doesn't mind throwing an offload. We all know how good a chop tackler he is. So, yeah, it, it's just that scrum half position, Mick, that, Hat doesn't seem to be kneeled down at the minute. We're talking about the you know the succession plan of Johnny Sexton. Well, that's all seems to be out the window now with Joey Carberry fit for Munster and you know getting a player of the match award last weekend and playing really well. So hopefully he continues on and and a rich vein of form and, and can come back into the Ireland setup. Mm. Scrum half seems to be an issue. I don't think yeah. uh, Gibson Park played brilliantly. His box kicking wasn't wasn't on the money at the weekend either, and and, and a better team probably would have benefited from that so yeah you know the number nine jersey seems to be the only position that i have question marks over and uh, i think conor murray is um you know is the guy to take us to the next world cup but he just needs to get a consistent run of games and get that form back up yeah yeah and the fact that he wasn't brought on at all uh, in such a close game on uh, Sunday was strange but look it's good to see that you're coming for an Ireland win anyway you're right on that you were right with Wales in the handicap last week and just very very unlucky you're getting all three with the with the France oh sure Mick it was results. never a try anyway like for God's sake <laughs> like Mario Toji was held up by about five different uh, French players hands like <laughs> I thought the same I have to say I tweeted about it and got got uh, fairly roundly attacked for it apparently the clear evidence that people kept showing me didn't show me anything but uh, there you go that's uh, <laughs> Most likely it probably was a try, but uh, an interesting refereeing uh, and TMO it's decision. It's an interesting one, and I think it's worth talking about here, Mike, because it's mm. an interesting one, and uh, Draco actually rep- replied to my tweet, and he says, it's all, you're always um, dubious of a, I don't think he used those words, but you're always dubious of a player who, when the ball is clearly held up, that he's still trying to get it down. Yeah. You no, know, he's still trying to get it down and get it down and get it down, and then when the referee blew the whistle, he says, the on-field decision is that the ball is held up, you know. So you have to away, prove I, otherwise. Then I was like, "Flip, it's held up." Unless there's a specific image that shows the ball touching the grass, 
which in my opinion, <laughs> I might be wrong. Um, I've been wrong many times before. It didn't touch the grass. Um, and again, like I know, like when you know the, the tries given and Mario told you, like, you yeah, know, oh, that's oh, it. Yeah, I can't believe it just got given a try. Was he playing up to the cameras? Was he having a joke with one of the players? Who knows? But the result stands. England won. Um, it was a brilliant game of rugby. And as I said on Twitter, there didn't really deserve to be a loser um, in that match because it was so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think it, yeah, the, it, England's deserving to win probably came from the fact that they were able to live with the magic rugby that France were playing. And as we talk about France now, they're minus nine and <laughs> to beat, uh, you can see the odds there, and minus nine on the handicap to beat Wales who are going for the Grand Slam. Poor old Wales, once again, completely dismissed by the pundits, by the bookies, everybody. All they do is win Grand Slam, Stevie. They get no credit or no uh, no respect for it. No, they don't, like, do they? Um, I mentioned it last week. This is uh, five, uh, sorry, yeah, five out of the six games that they have been uh, underdogs. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the only one that they were favourites for was, was against the Italians, of course. So, yeah. <sighs> Like it's a grand slam on the line here. I'm gonna go with Wales minus uh, Wales plus nine on this. I just think it's gonna be tighter. They're a real yeah. determined, dogged side that just won't roll over. Alman Jones seems to have found a new lease of life. I don't know where the bloody hell he's found it from, but I, I might ask him and see because I could do with some myself. Uh, yeah, but yeah they, they're playing well. Navidi coming into the back row. Tiprick has been awesome. Falatai getting a bit of form once again. Halfbacks playing reasonably well. Wingers in good form. Um, Johnny Davies, John Davies in the centre. You know, will he start this game? Be interesting to see. I think he probably will. And George North uh, flipping a, a thirteen. Wow, you know. Yeah, what a surprise that's been. What, yeah, what a surprise that's been, and he's been, been particularly good. So, yeah, and fit for the entire tournament, which is another thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see that. But here, the French. Yeah, I expect France to win. Mm. You know, I expect France to win. Um, I, I don't. I, I want France to win so that we don't have to revisit. You know, six weeks ago before this tournament kicked off, <laughs> you know, Wales were never going to win a grand. Forty to one, I think. Uh... Forty to one. I think one of my tips uh, before the tournament started was not to be a grand slam, which was yeah. even money or two to one or something at the start of the tournament. So uh, yeah. I think the way the tournament's actually panned out, and uh, yes, of course, Wheels have had a small bit of block in a couple of decisions, red card, whatever you want. Um, do they deserve to win the competition? Well, I think we'll find out on, at the weekend if they do or not. Um, but France uh, have been a, a bit of a surprise package. We all know in the Autumn Nations Cup, they showed glimpses of what they're about, but there are going to be some team to beat Mick going forward into the World Cup. That's it, isn't it? And I think from a neutral's point of view, most people will be, like all joking aside, will be hoping that France can kind of kick on and maybe win this match. And, you know, again, maybe they will. Um, But the one thing I'd say about the plus nine going in your favour is, like this Wales team, I remember Dave McIntyre saying on commentary before the Irish game, uh, so that Ireland game team anyway, I'm not sure about what's happened since, was the most experienced team in the history of the Six Nations going into a game in terms of caps, which was an unbelievable, uh, you know, um, stat really. And, you know, obviously they've got another five caps each under their belt since then. But, you know, there's a lot of experience in that team. You mentioned Adam and Jones, Jonathan Davis, George North, you know, bigger, whoever. There's a lot of guys there that have 50, 60, 70, 80 caps. Um, 
you kind of think that they know how to get a job done. They might know how to keep a game tight when France want to throw the ball around and uh, score incredible tries that we're going to watch on YouTube for the next 20 years. Wales are the one, you know, that experience does help you when you want to kill a game and play it on your own terms. Yeah, it certainly does. And like wheels have been written off so many times. And, you know, personally, I was there in the, the World Cup in 2011 when, uh, I know I've talked about this before, on paper, we had, we had a, a really good side and uh, we were favourites, I think five or six point favourites getting into that game in the quarterfinal. And, you know, we got our asses handed to us because um, they, they just found a couple of weaknesses in, in our game that day and they exploited that. Um and yeah, there's there's a good few of those lads, uh, Mick, from 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 even then that are still playing. Like you know, yeah. uh, so it just shows you the experience that they have in their ranks. And do you know what, Mick? Fair bloody play to them. Fair yeah. play to them because they've been written off so many times. Wayne Pivak, myself included, giving him a bit of a hard time after the Autumn Nations Cup, not getting the best out of his players. There was question marks over everything. Uh, the defensive coach ended up leaving. The next uh, head on the chopping block was going to be Wayne Pivak, but he's turned it around. And you need a little bit of luck for, for things to happen for you. And yes, they have had that, but fair play to them. They've kicked on and they've got a big game against France to try and win a Grand Slam. And um, who would have thought that, as we've talked about? But uh, yeah, they're a determined outfit, very, very resilient. Um, hard enough to break down at times also um, uh, with with. With Owens back at, at Hooker as well, their line-out is functioning a lot better. Scrum with Tom Francis and, and Jones seems to have sheared up a bit also. I know it was Carr um, in, in the Autumn Nations Cup. So if they can keep that platform and their, their key men playing well, then you know they'll give themselves a very, very good chance against Francis weekend. Great stuff, Stevie. Thanks for that. Just actually before you mentioned that, uh, you mentioned what... what uh... How's Alan Wynne Jones is keeping so young? Oldest player in the Six Nations, Johnny Sexton, second oldest player in the Six Nations, Alan Wynne Jones. There's a very good chance both of them are going on a line store this year, isn't there? You know, yeah. with the form that they're both in. Age is but a number. Yeah. Well, what do you reckon? Alan Wynne Jones, the, the captain of the Lions. He could be a, a tour captain. He could be somebody, you know, there might be he, he might not start the test matches, but you know, he could be the tour captain, um, playing a lot of those midweek games. But uh, I ruined with Alaman Jones in 2009. Yeah. Um, a, a competitor, um, you know, he'll back himself to start a test match like in a couple of months' time for the British and Irish Lions. Absolutely, he will 100% back himself. He, uh, he, he He's there. He's playing reasonably good rugby. Um, he seems to be, uh, the other Welsh lads seem to be, you know, buying into everything that he says in the dressing room before they, they, they run out. So, uh, you know, also fair play to him for, for for keeping it going. And Johnny, yeah, like just the 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 kind of mental resilience that he's shown over the last couple of weeks to get back to back eighty minute eighty minutes in. It's been a long time since we said that he was the he was the difference in the game against Scotland with his kicking um, and you know slotting that seventy uh, sixth or seventy seventh minute kick was just brilliant and even when he stood over the ball you, you, everybody expected him to knock it over and um, he certainly did that so you know I'm expecting him to, to kick on this weekend it's a brilliant him against Farrell or Ford at the, at the weekend Alan Wynne Jones um, you know going to come up against big second rows in, in France so there's going to be brilliant head-to-heads across the whole weekend 
Stephen, epic stuff. Uh, we can't wait for Super Saturday, as they call it. And um, thanks so much for joining us. We'll chat to you. Uh, look, we've a lot of rugby still to come. We've got <laughs> we got Pro 14 final. We've got another Six Nations match to go at some point as well, and uh, obviously Heineken Cup as well. So thanks a million for everything throughout the Six Nations, though. No worries, Mick. Cheers. I'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Uh, of course, if you're having a bet on um, anything at all over the weekend, be it Cheltenham this week or be it the Six Nations at the weekend, please do gamble responsibly. Visit dunlouis.net for more information. We'll be back with more build-up with Stevie next week.